Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We've been best friends for 20 years, and we have two very important things in common. We're both mothers to toddlers, and we both love pop culture. Basically, we've dedicated the best years of our lives to watching TV and movies. Oh, absolutely. So we thought, why not bring parenting and pop culture together in a podcast? From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, this is Pop Culture Moms, a show where we put our obsession to work and figure out motherhood by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of pop culture about the fictional moms we love to watch and what they can teach us about parenthood. Hi, honey. Hi. Today we're talking about cool moms. And motherhood has taught me one huge thing about myself. And this is going to come as a real shock to you, I think. And it's that I'm extremely uptight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you shocked? Now, your sister Gianna has been... She started a letter-writing campaign to prove how uptight you were about 20, 25 years ago. I know. <laughs> so... We've been trying to get this message to you. Yeah. And I've always believed I could go with the flow. But the flow is so hard for me. The flow is very hard. Yeah. And I will never be seen as a cool mom because I'm just too tightly wound. (laughs) As our college professor told me once when I was asking too many questions. It was so sad. He's like, why can't you just relax? I know. He wanted me Why do you to... need to know this? I know. <laughs> and that's a professor telling yeah, you. What did I need you know? to learn anyway? But right. <laughs> my mom was a cool mom. And she's even a cool grandma. And maybe I'm so uncool because of that. Like, I had to be the rule enforcer in my house. So I'm like the foil to her cool mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were, like we like to say, a sheriff in a lawless land. Exactly. The cool mom character is all over pop culture. And I'd argue the origin of the term cool mom comes from an iconic 2004 Tina Fey movie that has just been remade, Mean Girls. In the original Mean Girls, Amy Poehler plays Mrs. George, the mom of the movie's central mean girl, Regina. Busy Phillips plays Mrs. George in the 2024 version. There are no rules in this house. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. (laughs) Right, Regina? And just to paint a full picture of that first scene where we meet Mrs. George, she's wearing a juicy couture jumpsuit. She's holding a Pomeranian (sighs) under her arm. A portrait of a time. Yeah. Yeah. Her younger daughter is dancing to Khaleesi's milkshake in the background. (laughs) And the daughter's what? Under 10. Under 10. And you know, that's the song of our generation. (laughs) No. You get a sense very quickly that Mrs. George desperately wants to be in the girl group Regina runs called The Plastics. So, you guys, what is the 411? What has everybody been up to? What is the hot gossip? Tell me everything. Regina straight bosses her mom around. She tells her to fix her hair or (laughs) just stop talking. 
And you see that Regina and the other girls are hanging out in the primary bedroom of this mansion. So not Mrs. George's room. No, Regina has taken it and made it into her room. This is your room? It was my parents' room. But I made them trade me. Yeah. Regina is calling the shots, and Mrs. George is just so desperate to be liked, she's going along with it. She becomes more of a friend than an authority figure, and it's the ultimate example of permissive parenting and the perfect place for us to start this show. I think so. I mean, it kind of gets to the heart of why being a mom is so hard. The pull to be a cool mom is so strong, especially for us as people pleasers, because we want to be liked. So bad. Especially by the people that we care about the most, right? But at the same time, we know that kids need authority and routine in order to feel safe. They need us to give them structure and boundaries. So we kind of have to be okay with being uncool or being perceived as uncool and maybe even unlikable. I'm unlikable quite frequently. It comes up a lot. I was just putting my four-year-old Violet to bed and she said, you're not my best friend anymore. That's a toughie. It was. That's a toughie. <laughs> to hear. It was a sick burn. <laughs> was it a threat? It, yeah, yeah. It felt like a threat. <laughs> and, you know, I was devastated, but then I had to remember that I don't have to be her best friend. I'm just what? her mom. I know. What's that? <laughs> I would. That's news to me. I really That's news. would like to be her best friend, though, but I know. you win some and you lose some. Now, this is just one of many, many things about motherhood that we're trying to figure out. And, you know, we could consult some parenting books for answers, but we're going a different route, turning to a different kind of expertise, if you will. We're seeing what we can learn from moms in TV, movies, and books. Oh, God help us all. (laughs) Exactly. Now, our guest today, Alana Ubach is a true expert on cool moms. If you have a TV, you have seen her. If you have seen a movie, you've definitely seen her. She's been in Legally Blonde, Bombshell, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, and much, much more. You've also heard her voice as Mama Imelda in Coco, which is a personal favorite of Sabrina's. Yeah, we love that here in the Kohlberg house. Alana has put a phenomenal, intriguing spin on the cool mom character by playing our current favorite cool mom, Suze Howard, in the massively successful HBO show Euphoria. We'll talk about Alana's role as a cool mom after a quick break. Lumi is a game-changing whole-body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work not only on pits, but also on feet and everywhere else we get odor. No matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. And they've got over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code PCM at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit LumiDeodorant.com and use code PCM. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Any of you snitches to your parents about this? Your days at the Howard House are finito burrito. Never that. Cheers. Cheers. So, Alana, thank you so much for being here with us. <laughs> thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. Finito burrito. That's <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> so we we really said to ourselves, all right, in order to be, become the best moms we can be, we have to consult the experts. And by experts, <laughs> I mean women pretending to be mothers in fictionalized stories on TV and in film. Pop culture has been your doula. Yes. I love that. So basically, that's why you're here, because we are desperate to learn. Like, through your playing of a cool mom, what can we take away? What should we not do? We're basically here to talk to you about everything you've learned playing Suze Howard. Well, Suze Howard was based on uh, a cool mom I grew up with, Linda Morales. And she was my best friend's mom. My best friend, Jesse Morales, we met in a sandbox when we were two, three. And Jesse Morales was effeminate. Jesse Morales was smaller than the other boys. He liked to play with dolls. I just thought he was the most amazing, original human I'd ever met, and I loved him so much. His mother was very protective of him from the time he was a kid. So by the time he was a teenager, she wanted him to be the popular gay kid in school. We were from a very small town, and there were a lot of machismo Latinos. So that's what he was up against. So his mom wanted to make her house as safe as, as possible. It was a safe haven. When Jesse Morales was in trouble, you go to Linda for help. If a girl got pregnant, she'd go to Linda for help. She was that mom. That, that person stays with you always. And as an adult, I look back and I think, oh, good God, she wasn't just being cool to be cool. She was protecting her kid. And it, it, when I read the script uh, the first time, I, I, w I thought to myself, oh, this is Linda Morales. Okay, I know. I know, yeah. I know she oh, is. I know this person. And it's like just such a fully fleshed out embodied character that it's, yeah. it, there's nothing about it that's not real, that we haven't, we've, we know this person. And Sue's on... You know, Susan Euphoria is different from Mrs. George because she this is darker. Euphoria is a darker idea. And in sure. in Mean Girls, what you're seeing is Mrs. George is desperate to be liked by them. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think Suze is a little different. And I think you've said this before. She wants to be their friend because she wants to know everything they're doing. She's got to stay in control of these kids. And it's interesting. I thought, well, you know, maybe she she's she's a crappy mom and she really doesn't care about anyone but herself. But when Sam wrote the scene of her, of Sydney approaching me, waking me up to tell me that she was pregnant, I thought, oh, this woman, this woman can be trusted. She's She didn't go to a friend and say, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Let's go to Planned Parenthood. Let's get an abortion. This is, you know, which she could have done easily. And I think that 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 sort of, you know taking my kid to get an abortion to 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 have that as 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 our little secret between the two of us is is I think something that maybe 
both of them really do grow from it, or at least Suze does. And now Suze is really paying attention to everything, right? Right. Because it's like, I guess we would say that is a perk of having a cool mom being a cool mom, that the lines of communication generally are more open. If you view your mother less as an authority figure and more of a friend or a big sister, then yeah, you will trust them with that information. And I think on the flip side, one of my favorite things about Suze is that she's also incredibly honest with her girls. Like, you don't see Mrs. George telling, like in Mean Girls, telling Regina the what's what and the who's who. But Suze is like, there's a scene where Cassie is, you know, sleeping with Maddie's boyfriend. And Suze tells her like, hey, you really messed up. I'm just pointing out the facts. I'm pointing out the principle. What principle? They don't your best friend's boyfriend principle. Like this isn't this isn't how you would want to be as a friend. I think that's I think I admire that. I admire yeah. that Suze shows us that like that that communication works both ways. Sure, sure, you absolutely. Know? And she has two kids that couldn't be more different. Maude is so well behaved and such a good kid and wouldn't hurt a fly. And she doesn't, she, there's nothing manipulative about her or narcissistic. I think, you know, Maude is just sort of this wallflower looking at everything from an overview and saying, wow, this is this is all really effed up. And it's interesting that, you, you know, Maude's character essentially becomes <laughs> a writer and, right. <laughs> and a right. commenter on everything. Yeah. Now, like I had a cool mom and a dad who was troubled and Mm -hmm. my sister is very much the Cassie of the family and I'm very much the you know like I'm I'm gonna be the sheriff here like I'm gonna police us all so I think that that's so relatable and that is like you can have a cool mom and you can turn out great you can turn out you know putting on this amazing play that everyone's so in love with like it's just great yeah right right that play oh my god that play can I tell you (laughs) Okay, so in season two, Suze's younger daughter, as we've been mentioning, Maude Apatow, plays Lexi. And she puts on this incredible play. Everyone in the cast is in the audience. And so they, they're they watching, and within like a couple minutes, they realize that, that the play is about them. The play is really a retelling of everything that's happened in their lives in and the not past. so flattering. Not oh, the most not flattering. Not the most flattering. flattering light. The harsh light of day, really. <laughs> so she, so everyone in the audience is, I mean, naturally, they're horrified because they're seeing themselves being depicted in this brutally honest, sometimes caricature way, but not Suze. Suze is witnessing this young man, Ethan, play her in this like kind of this big way. And she kept saying, that's me. This is me. They're doing me. She's so happy for Lexi. And I think that is just, that's how we know that there's not just one dimension to Suze. We know Suze is not just like this laissez-faire mom who lets her kids drink. I mean, she cares and she's beaming with pride. Sure. I'm Suze. I'm the girl's mom in real life. Um, played by Ethan. Where is he? Ethan? Who, by the way, we were at like the 16th hour and I was the last shot of the day and Sam just said, okay, Alana's up now. And he just allowed us to react any which way. Nothing was really written in in as far as it's like okay, Suze watches the the watches the program that now it's on Suze and 
And he just said, let it rip. And you just made a choice. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, I I thought, okay, I'm going to be my own mother. (laughs) I did this one woman show and I I played her in it. And not in a great light. But she was on the floor laughing. She's like, oh, mommy, you turned me into such a see you next Tuesday. I loved it. She was just so. Oh, I love that. And and she's always she was she was always such a a, a frustrated writer journalist and and it was really exciting to see how excited she got for it. I thought that was so funny and odd. And I loved that because I I thought, well, you know, as my mom got older, she really did grab life by the balls, and I just admired that so much. She'd been through so much as a child and her marriage. Raising me, raising my my sister, we weren't the easiest uh, kids to raise, and she she just came out smelling like a rose. You know, um, she passed away a couple of years ago. She had a very aggressive cancer, and she said, "I want to die at home. Um, I I don't want to be in any pain. Look into the die with dignity uh, medication that maybe I can take." But she managed to turn eighty one, and on her birthday. She's on her, she's on her deathbed, and my 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 husband hired these female mariachis to come to her bedside oh and God. sing all of her favorite Mexican ballads. It was awesome. That's incredible. And she's so stoked. She's sitting there with her with her glass of of champagne, and she's like, "Alana, go get my makeup and put it on me." And uh, she said, uh, and she looked at me. She's like, "I'm ready to die. This is great." And died a couple of days oh later. My God. <laughs> Okay. She oh died on the Monday though. before the Friday they were going to give her the medication. Stop it. So talk Are about a serious? realist. Just an incredibly pragmatic woman and, and such a such a great mom. And became nicer and cooler as she got older. <laughs> as she got older. I mean, yeah, she was so conservative when yeah. we were growing up. She was a Yeah, it was tough. You know, it, it, it's it's just, it's very, very, very interesting. I, I had a very complicated relationship with my mom. Um, after my father passed away, my father passed away very suddenly, very violently, and it was horrifying. And so my mother and I had a very, very tense relationship after that, all throughout my 20s. And when she was on her deathbed, I, oh God, it was the last conversation we had. And I was like, Mom, you know, I always, I've always known you love me. But sometimes I never, I never really felt like you liked me. You know, and I didn't know how she was going to react to that. And she looked at me and she was like, son of a bitch, Alana, I gave you everything. And I thought, oh, God, that was a horrible. Why did I say that? Why did I say that? And she passed away like three days later. So, you know, I I, I think about that conversation at least once a week. It haunts me and we're all doing the best we can. But I, I just I had to say that. I had to. I had to. I, I... Yeah, of course you yeah. did. Of course you did. I think it'd be worse if you didn't. I really do. I really think. And I think there she something. probably knows that. Maybe you know. I hope you needed that. <laughs> she was done. I know. Right? She was, yeah, she yeah, was yeah, done. She was done. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. She was it, done. It was you My needed that for your healing. <laughs> she was dying too. I mean, we had issues. We had major issues. And look, you don't have to say dysfunctional family. All you have to say is family. And we get it. Oh, yeah. We get it. We all. You know, any family that pretends that they're absolutely perfect and they have this perfect mom and this perfect dad and everything is absolutely fine. I'm like, "Mm, what's going on? We'll be back with more Pop Culture Moms after this quick break.
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Do you think that your parents are, like, are you modeling your parenting based on your parents? Or do you, like, what are you, t- I, I mean, they don't sound necessarily like cool moms and dads, let's well, say. Well, they're immigrants, they sound, right? they're, they're cool to us, but Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. They, they're definitely immigrants. And my mom really supported the fact that I didn't want to be rich and famous. I just wanted to be as good as I could possibly be at whatever I was doing. And she understood that so deeply. And I, I loved that about her. My father did not. My father did not. He he saw me in a play off Broadway when I was 15 years old, and he was so pissed off. He almost got up and walked out because the theater was so tiny, and I was taking all this time off from school to be on the show. And and he just couldn't understand it to save his life, which was really interesting. But my mother was like, you're an idiot. This is where you start out. This is, this is theater in New York. You don't know what you're talking about. You're still an island boy. My mom, and I just go back to Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> so I had that in a mom, and I think having that really did help me, and it still does. I still hear her voice behind me saying, "You know, don't don't take a sitcom playing the mom with two lines per episode just because you need the money." She was like, "You just just live lean, and you'll be able to do whatever you want, right?" And so that was that was super important. What sort of things do you think in your parenting want to take from Suze? And what things are you like, no, I'm never doing that with my my kid? For me, all I can really do is is be as transparent as possible with my kid. Because when I'm pretending in front of him, he can tell. He can feel it. Kids can smell it a mile away. And so you have to be as authentic as possible. And most of the time, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing None as a parent. Do. I don't. It's just uh, on no, a, it's you terrifying. Know, it's terrifying. I, I know he, he lost a, a friend of his had moved away. And he's only five. But a friend of his just up and left left school. It was his best friend in kindergarten. And... For those two weeks that he was gone, my kid became someone else. I mean, the outbursts and talking back. And I thought, good God, he's grieving. He's grieving. A child can grieve the loss of a friend. I didn't even realize that that could happen. And I, at one point, I... He was having a tantrum. I said, I'm going to leave you alone. It was right before Easter, and he grabbed the ceramic bunny that I had bought him, and he threw it across the room. And um, because I guess I told him to pick up his toys or stop playing the video game or something. And how dare you? Yeah. 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 Don't, For don't, don't enforcing do- any rules. No. Absolutely. Enforcing any rules. Right. And it shattered. And I said, I'm going to leave you alone because I'm going to do something probably that I, I will regret. 
And I'm, I go into the other room and I wait. And then he finally shows up in the, in the doorway of the office. And I look at him and I said, you want to talk now? And he said, uh-huh. And so I take him over to this little bean bag. That's our, our little place. And that's when we have our talk. And I said, you miss William, huh? He said, I miss William. Um, he, my William, he was mine. He was my blue whale. And I said, oh, sweetie. I said, you know what? We're going to go visit him. And this is so exciting. You get to FaceTime him and everything. He's like, yeah, but I don't get to see him and hug him. And it, it, it's, it was so nice to finally figure out, okay, this is, I said, buddy, I understand. But when you have those big emotions, you can't react the way you do. You can't act out the way you do, right? So we use this as an opportunity to really help him grow. And he's he's another kid now. It's fascinating. But I do I did grab the the bits of that broken ceramic bunny and that is on the mantle and that stays there and he looks at it every day. So I just to remind oh him, look at the damage you did. And that mm-hmm. is that is you cannot reverse that. And and I'm I'm only as happy as 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 how sad my kid is. You know what I mean? Always. Oh my god. And that affects everything. I mean, that's everything. probably my fee. I mean, I <sighs> If anything, I think I do struggle with overly identifying with however my kids are feeling. We're all doing the best we can, I think. Yeah. And Suze ultimately is just doing the best she can, you know. Every week we're going to talk about a new mom from a movie or a TV show. Oh, is how there, fun. Is there anyone that you love that or hated? In succession. <gasps> I knew the dad was a and the, the, the stepmother was very stoic and cold and, you know, she had all these ulterior motives and the kids even did a background check. I think that's even in the pilot. And throughout the show, throughout the season, I'm like, where's the mom? Where's the mom? This is going to explain everything. I want to meet that mom. Why did she walk out on that, on that family? And so when you meet that British mom who could give a crap about, um, who is it, Kendall? Kendall, Kendall. that's yes, like yeah. hard-boiled. Trying to hard talk to his mom in the middle of the night as she's eating that hard-boiled egg and she yeah. give yeah. a crap. Do you think maybe we can talk? Sure, absolutely. Go ahead, but, um, yeah. Uh, but are they quite difficult things because, you know, a bit tired for home truths. She says, can we just talk about this in the morning yeah, can we talk after about breakfast? Morning? And then she's not there in the morning. Like he like bored her. Oh, my God. Like he bored her. And I love the actress who played her because she was not afraid to make her hateful and yes. cold. Yeah. And just even when she's not in the episode, she's always haunting it. Anyway, she's she's someone who I think is just a very interesting depiction of a mom on TV. I yeah, think I, I love that. She, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think so too. And she's in so little of it, but such a, you're right. It does haunt everything. It's such a big impact. Kind of rightly so. I think there's something to uh, your relationship with your mother of informing so much of the rest of your life, no matter what. We we are a sophisticated mammal. We. Our, our children are with us for the rest of our lives. It, it's it's motherhood. It never ends. Alana, you are the greatest. Thank you oh, so Annie, much. Thank you, Sabrina. Lovely to meet you. Bye. That was our conversation with actor Alana Ubach, who plays Suze Howard in the hit HBO show Euphoria. You know, Euphoria was anything but euphoric for me to watch. 
<laughs> Truly dysphoric. Yeah, I was in like a state of panic the whole time I watched Euphoria, just thinking about the fact that I'm going to have teenage children one day. I know, I know, I know. It's grim. It's grim. But the one bright spot, the sun through the clouds, is Alana Ubach's character. There's some good aspects to this mother. Yeah. You know, she is very, she is very loving and she clearly wants to do better than she is. Or maybe that's just me hoping for her. Yeah. And she's so funny. I just laugh and laugh. The second she comes on screen, I'm delighted. Me too. I would like to be friends with her, which I think says a lot about my character defects and codependence issues. But I really, I really was drawn to her. Yeah. She's great. And Alana was even better in real life. So that was so exciting. I'm Sabrina Kohlberg. I'm Andy Mitchell. Thanks for listening. Next week on Pop Culture Moms, we're venturing into the Bravo sphere. We'll talk to Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star Heather Gay about leaving the Mormon church, motherhood, and the Barbie movie. Pop Culture Moms is a production of ABC Audio in partnership with Good Morning America, hosted by me, Sabrina Kohlberg. And me, Andy Mitchell. Our show is produced by Camille Peterson, Asal Asanapur, Sabrina Kohlberg, and me. Music by Evan Viola. Special thanks to Susie Liu, Josh Cohan, Ariel Chester, Vika Aronson, Liz Alessi, and Simone Swink, the executive producer of GMA. Laura Mayer is the executive producer of podcasts for ABC Audio. People who disappear without a trace. The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen.